If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you. It's a great Shabbos, the Shabbos of Ayetze. And we begin the incredible journey together with our patriarch Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu, as he begins to travel. A journey that, well, began with him, actually with Abraham, but more so with Jacob. And a journey that we as his children continue. A journey that will end or perhaps just begin with the coming of Mashiach, but a journey that, in fact, is the story of the Jewish people. We'll talk about the Parsha in a little while, but a bit more about the month of Kislev, very much in the month of Kislev, as mentioned last week. It's a month of miracles. And as I explained last week, a miracle is something which makes us aware that there is something greater than the natural order. We look at the world, and what do we see? We see the natural order. And the natural order is also a divine manifestation. As we read in the book of Genesis, Bereshit bara Elohim, God created the world through the name Elohim, and Elohim has the same numerical value as Hateva, nature. Because nature is not something separate, God forbid, from godliness. It's an expression, a manifestation, a revelation of godliness. But it hides the divine element. When we look at nature, we think that it is an independent power, but it's not. It's a constant presence of God. What is nature? Nature is something that continues, it repeats again and again and again. The sun comes up, the sun comes down, power of gravity, etc., the rules of physics, various rules of chemistry, and we think because it happens again and again and again, they are powers, they are laws unto themselves, but they are not. They are creations of God and constantly being created. Nonetheless, from time to time, God presents a miracle. The splitting of the sea, when the Jewish people came out of Mitzrayim, out of Egypt, water flows. In the Sea of Reeds, it came to a standstill. Thirteen tunnels were created. That was a miracle, a miracle that changed the natural order. And from time to time throughout history, God shows us miracles for whatever reason. The moment needs it. God wants to show us his presence in response to our prayers. For whatever reason, from time to time, miracles occur. But our sages tell us something which is very important. One of the great tragedies is that Ein Balhanes Makir Biniso, the one to whom a miracle occurs, doesn't recognize, doesn't recognize the miracle. A miracle can happen right in front of our eyes. A miracle can happen, well, in our daily lives, and we don't see it as such, for whatever reason. Either we're blinded to it because we are so immersed in other value systems, or perhaps because we think, well, just a coincidence, or we think to ourselves, what happened? But we don't see it as a manifestation of divine revelation. We don't see it as a miracle. And this is why it's important to sensitize ourselves, to make ourselves sensitive to the possibility 
of the presence of a miracle. To understand that yes, God does reveal himself in different ways, in different situations, in the world that we live in, in our own lives. You know, very often we take health for granted. We take prosperity for granted. We take all the gifts of life for granted. But there are challenges in life. There are moments in life when those situations don't come easy. When those situations come, in fact, with great difficulty. And then a miracle happens. A miracle of health. A miracle of wealth. A miracle of nachas. A miracle of well-being. It's important to be sensitive to the recognition of goodness when it comes. To recognize goodness and to recognize it as a miracle. This is what the miracle is all about. This is what the month of Kislev is all about. What's the month of Kislev? As we approach the month of Kislev, we're in Kislev. What's the month of Kislev? The festival of Hanukkah, the festival of lights. What is light? Light is something which banishes darkness. In darkness, we can't see. You can be in a room filled with the most beautiful objects, the finest pieces of art. You can be in a room that has everything. But if you can't see it, it may as well not be there. When you bring in light, you create a new reality. You bring something into being. It's interesting. Light doesn't change anything other than making you aware of what's there. This is what light does. And how do we make light? We create light in different types of ways. There's emotional light. There's intellectual light. There's physical light. When we create light, we become aware of that which is present around us. Emotional light. In relationships. What is light in a relationship? We begin to understand and feel the presence of another. The feelings of another. A relationship. Some are natural. Parent and child. Some are unnatural. When I say unnatural, very often in friendship. Strangers. And light is that dimension of a relationship which makes us understand the presence and value of another. It's not, it's not natural, but when there is the understanding, and that's the intellectual light, you begin to understand something. This is why study is so important, particularly the study of Torah. And when we study the mystical dimensions of Torah, we begin to create the light of godliness in the world. We wake up in the morning and we say, Modani, we give thanks to God. A wonderful prayer. But it's important to understand as much as we can, how does God manifest in the world? What is the process of creation? How can we actually understand the concept of creation and godliness in the world? That is the light, the intellectual light. And we awaken our souls. 
we awaken our sensitivity to the miracle of that which is happening. This is the month of Kislev. It's the month of miracles. The tragedy that we don't see the miracles. The challenge create emotional, intellectual, and spiritual light. And in so doing, you will begin to recognize the miracle that's in front of your eyes. Does it always come easy? No, it doesn't always come easy. Any subject of any value worthwhile is often difficult. Sometimes take years of study. But when it clicks, you begin to understand it. There it is in front of our eyes. It's like, as I said earlier on, bringing physical light into a dark room that is filled with the most beautiful, precious items. Suddenly, things of beauty, things of value are there. And your life changes because you begin to realize a moment ago, before the light went on, I stood in darkness. I didn't know where I was. And suddenly, here I am in the presence of greatness. And this is what light does. And this is the month of Kislev. The month of Kislev when we are obliged to create emotional, intellectual, and spiritual light. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So as I said before, Parsha Vayetze, how does it begin? Yaakov begins his journey. Vayetze Yaakov, Yaakov leaves Be'er Sheba, Vayelech Haranam, and he goes to Haran. And as I mentioned a number of times over the years, why do we use the double language? He leaves one place and he goes to another. Why doesn't it simply say he goes to another place? Why leave here and go there? It seems to be a bit long-winded. And as I explained over the years, there are two actions as Yaakov begins his great journey. On the one hand, Vayetze Yaakov Be'er Sheba. Yaakov has to leave Be'er Sheba. Be'er Sheba is parents' home. It's a tranquil place, a place of holiness, a place of spirituality, a place of peace, a place where Yaakov feels connected with greatness and with spirituality. Vayelech, where does he go? He goes to Charon. As our sages call it, Charon Afshalom, an angry place. Not a very spiritual place. Not a very holy place. But in order for Yaakov to do that which he has to do in Charon, he has to leave Beersheba. His mindset has to change. He has to actually do something that will disassociate himself from that particular feeling that he has in Be'er Sheva so that he can function properly in Haram. The journey of Yaakov is altogether different than the journeys of the other patriarchs, Abraham and Isaac, his father and grandfather. Abraham also left his birthplace, his father's home, his land, 
But those were negative places. Those were places of idolatry, of immorality. And he went to a place where God says, I will show you a better place. Whereas Yaakov, Yaakov leaves a good place. Yitzchak Isaac, he never left the Holy Land. In fact, when there was famine in the land, God says, you stay, you don't leave the land. Yes, Yaakov has a different type of journey. Abraham and Isaac, Abraham and Yitzchak, they had challenges. Great challenges. But the challenges of Yaakov are altogether different. Because Yaakov is ultimately charged with raising a family that will have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that will change the world. How does his journey begin? He comes to a place, it's nightfall, and it begins with that incredibly strange dream of a ladder. Rooting the ground goes up to the heavens with angels ascending and descending. And he wakes up and he says, this is a divine place. God is here. And what does God say to him in that dream? He says, this land upon which you are sleeping, I'm going to give it to your children. This is the holy land. And your children will multiply as the dust of the earth. Ufaratzda. And they will spread out powerfully to every single corner of the world, to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And through you, all the families, all the nations on this earth will be blessed. This is what Yaakov is told. Yaakov says this journey is something that will ultimately be played out again and again and again in every single corner of the world. Is Yaakov a rich man at this stage? Yaakov is destitute. He has nothing. Eliphaz, his nephew, has taken all his money. Esau has vowed to kill him. Yaakov has left the comfort of his parents' home, the spirituality of a holy place, and he wanders into the night this is the great challenge of Yaakov. This is the great challenge of the Jewish people. And what is he told? He's told that this is the journey that will be emulated again and again and again by your offspring until the coming of Mashiach. Until every single corner of the world there will be a Jew. There will be one of your children who will go there and bring benefits to that place materially and spiritually. And that has been the case of Jewish history. And if we are honest with ourselves, and if we are honest in writing and telling the story of the Jewish people, we will see that that's the absolute truth. And wherever the Jewish people have gone, no matter what part of the world. And it hasn't been easy. Because sometimes we were dragged there in chains. Sometimes we had to cross oceans and climb mountains. And sometimes we had to run for our lives. But wherever we came, we added huge 
value to the places that we came. Huge value materially and huge value spiritually. What is the first thing that Yaakov says when he encounters the shepherds and he sees them lazing around the well? He says to them, why aren't you out grazing with your herds, with your flocks? The sun is still high. What does Yaakov meddle in their business? But Yaakov feels a tremendous sense of duty to deliver a moral message. You're obligated to be honest. You're obligated to be honest with your employers. You're working for others. He comes to his uncle's house, Lovin. And he says, I will work for seven years for my wife. He ends up working 14 years and more. And what does he do in the house of Lovin? He brings enormous wealth to Lovin. And Laban admits it. He says, because of you, I have become enormously wealthy. Wherever Yaakov goes, he brings moral, spiritual, material wealth to the places that he goes. And this is the story of the Jewish people. And it all begins with the dream that Yaakov has. And what's that dream? That dream is the latter where angels are going up and angels are coming down, our sages tell us that's the dream of the Jewish people. The latter is the, well, the symbol of prayer, the symbol of study. Because this is synonymous with the Jew. Because wherever he went, he took his prayer with him. There's this wonderful, wonderful painting. I don't know by whom, but I've seen it in so many places, copies, of course, of the Jewish people leaving a burning town, and who's in front is the rabbi, followed by the townsfolk running away. And what's the rabbi carrying? The rabbi's carrying a Sefer Torah, the Torah scroll. Because wherever they went, this is what they took with them. They took the Torah, the symbol of holiness, of faith, of morality, of prayer, the latter of the Jewish people. Because we did end up in the East and the West and the North and the South. This is what the story of the Jewish people is all about. And we did arrive penniless on so many shores, in so many places. South Africa, in Europe, the Americas, halfway around the world. We didn't come with great fortunes throughout history. Very often, we came barely with the clothes on our backs. No language. But we had talent. We had faith. We had great determination to bring value to the places that we came. We created communities. We created social services. We created a sense of purpose and faith. And this is the story of Vayetze. Vayetze, Yaakov, Be'er Shava. And you think to yourself very often, what's the story all about? Leaving a wonderful, wonderful place. And you think to yourself, in terms of leaving, well, the idyllic shtetl, <laughs> when you knew everybody, and Shabbos was Shabbos, and Yontif was Yontif, and the language was Yiddish, 
and the songs were Jewish. And the mood and the values. And you go to Haran, you go to new places where no one knows you and you know one. And you think to yourself, what plan does God have? Why would he do something like that? And the answer, of course, is because this is what Yaakov was told by God in that great prophetic dream by Yetzirah. God drags us out of comfortable situations very often, and sometimes not so comfortable situations, and brings us into challenges, into challenging situations. And this is opening our eyes to a miracle, because very often we become, well, comfortable in the situations that we are in, and we forget to recognize the miracle, and it's only... And it's only when we come to new situations, to new challenges, and very often great challenges, that we see the miracle. And what's the greatest miracle? You've heard me say this so often. The greatest miracle, of course, is the miracle of our history, the fact that we're still around, and what we have accomplished on so many different levels. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So we're talking about Jacob, we're talking about Yaakov, we're talking about the great journey. The question is, how did he actually accomplish something like that? How did he instill in each and every one of us this incredible ability of going to the far corners of the world, literally, to the far corners of the world, and metaphorically as well, to different, strange, and often challenging, and very often difficult corners of the world, and to continue, to remain who we are, and to have the effect, the positive effect, that we did, and that we do. Listen to this, because this is very much part of the story. When he goes to sleep, he takes some of the rocks, some of the stones, and he builds a kind of wall, a barrier, to protect himself, as Rashi says, against wild animals. And in the morning, when he realizes this is a holy place, he takes these stones after he has the vision from God, and he has the promise from God, and he makes a bow to God. He takes these stones, and he turns them into a matseva, into a monument, and he takes some oil, and he pours the oil on these stones. And our Kabbalistic teachers, our Kabbalistic masters, our Hasidic teachers, tell us, what is the symbolism of all of this? And they say that stones are, well, physical, inanimate objects. Oil is the symbol of holiness. It's a liquid which symbolizes that which is spiritual and that which is holy. What is Yaakov doing over here? Yaakov is telling us, how do we survive? We take the physical, we take the ordinary, we pour oil on it. What that means is we elevate the physical into a spiritual state. That's how we make our mark on the world. That's how we survive and thrive and change the world and become partners in creation. God creates a physical world, we take that physical world and we elevate it to a spiritual state. How do we pour oil on something? By taking that physical object and using it for a greater purpose. 
We take some food. We make a blessing of that food. We use that strength, that nourishment to do good things. We take a piece of leather and we make it into a pair of film, parchment, into a mezuzah, into a Torah scroll. What we do in this world, we don't run from the physical. We simply transform and elevate the physical. That is the great miracle. And that's what Vayetze is all about. Vayetze is, we don't run away from the world. Yes, we have the courage of going in to, very often, a frightening and difficult and challenging world. A world that's often very not welcoming. But we make our mark and we stand strong because we have the capacity. We have that divine energy granted to us by our patriarchs, particularly Yaakov, to take the physical and to elevate it into something spiritual. And this is why we're not afraid to take that journey. And this is why, despite the difficulties, because, well, because of those difficulties, we have grown. We have survived. We are here with greatness and with nobility, as you've often heard me say. And I use that word in its fullest sense, with nobility, because we have made the huge contribution to this world. Yaakov comes, what's the first thing he says? To the shepherds, you have to be moral. What does he say to love? And I've made you wealthy, but you have to be thankful because it's God who does this. The idea of faith, the idea of morality, the idea of greatness. This is what Jacob and his offspring throughout the generations contribute. This is the Vayetze and Vayelech concept. This is the miracle of the month of Kislev. The miracle, the recognition of the divine in the ordinary, the godly in the natural. This is what we celebrate. This is what we look for. This is the light that we create. This is the light that we turn on. The emotional light is mentioned before, the intellectual light, the spiritual light. We want to see the value that surrounds us. We want to see the items of beauty, those precious things that exist but we don't see. We have to turn on the light. And the light can be turned on only by ourselves. Yes, sometimes with the help of others. But we can turn on that light because those precious, valuable items are right there. The godliness, the miracle, is right there. This is what Yaakov teaches us. He goes into the night, and what does he have? He has a divine dream, an amazing dream. A dream that lasts throughout history. The ladder, the angels. He sees the stones, the rocks, he turns it into a monument, and he pours the oil on it to elevate the physical into something greater. He hears Hashem telling him, you will occupy, you will travel to every single corner of the world. And everyone will be blessed because of your presence there. And that's why when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully. This is a fascinating parasha. Wonderful stories. Sometimes difficult stories. Story of Sarah, story of, well, we read that a couple of weeks ago. Story of Rebecca last week. A story of... Leah and Rachel, story of love, yes, interesting stories this week. 
all in the parsha of Ayatza, each and every one of them talks to us about going up from one place and coming into another place and making a huge difference. But listen carefully to the parsha because, as I say always, there's something in this parsha that talks to you. So listen, so that you can hear it, and it'll make that difference. And when you hear it, apply it, because it belongs to you. Good Shabbos.